I'm going to describe one way of doing a late-term abortion later in this podcast. So look the hell out. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Had a couple more thought about Roe versus Wade. I was on Facebook seeing what people were posting yesterday. And I was going to say that all my friends are woke. So they're just posting a bunch of woke stuff. But that's not true. But anyways, all, the, all, all my friends who are women were posting woke stuff. I mean, I'm pro-choice. But there's a difference between being pro-choice and saying stupid shit. Like, I think a lot of my female friends, and they're smart, they're not, they're not, they're normally no dummies. Um, I think a good percentage of them think that abortion has been made illegal across America. But the case, really what it did is it said each state can make it legal or Ill- illegal as they choose. And most states, or at least the states where most people live, and most states, um, it'll be legal. You know, basically people are saying, you know, this is terrible. What if my friend wants to get an abortion? I'm like, you live in Oregon. It's going to be... It's going to be legal here from, from now till the cows come home. Hundreds of years. I guess not my friend. I guess they'd be like, what if my daughter wants to get an abortion? It's like, well, unless they move to a red state, she's fine. She can have as much, as much unprotected sex as she wants. But so I was just, you know, I'm like, man, my friends are all woke. But, so I'm a 50-year-old white man. I mean, I'm actually 48, but like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, you know, pretend I'm younger than I am. I, I, I feel 50. I feel 50. I feel it in my, not my bones, but like today I feel it in my guts. So I'm just, I'm a 50 year old white man. It's a nice round number. And so my 50 year old white man friends, you know, mostly uh, high school buddies and whatever friends you met in your twenties. It's funny how the friends you make from about 18 to 22, uh, well, at least for me, that's still my best friends. You should take a self-evaluation there, dear listener, and see, you know, if you're male, are your best friends people that you were your friends from 18 to 22? And for women, I think it's a little different. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any sweeping generalizations on women right now. Well, maybe I will, but not that one. But anyways, my male friends, um, they were not going on Facebook. I and mean, first off, men don't do Facebook nearly as much. But second off, they were not going on Facebook and saying false things about the Roe versus Wade decision, the overturning. Yeah, so anyways, I had fun with Facebook last night. Maybe I spent maybe 10 minutes going through and correcting everyone in their false statements. Like I already said, doesn't affect all the states. Another one was like someone, a uh, good friend, great friend, uh, female friend, put up a post about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and... You know, and the thing about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, so I gave, I gave, I gave her a quote. Po- I gave her a quote. Uh, you know, where, where Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this is the famous uh, Supreme Court justice who didn't retire in time to protect Roe versus Wade, who you know basically put her own enjoyment of being on the Supreme Court above a woman's right to choose. Like if she if she had retired a couple years earlier or whatever, it would be all a done deal, or maybe five years earlier. But anyways. But I decided to give my friend, uh, she put up something about RBG, the notorious RBG, and uh, and so I gave her a quote from RBG where she was like, the way they decided Roe versus Wade puts it on very shaky ground. And what else did I say? I said, uh, I guess I did my own post. I'm like, the Republicans told the truth and overturned Roe versus Wade. 
The Democrats lied and did not protect a woman's right to choose. All right, well, that's enough talking about me on Facebook strutting around like a rooster and how right I am. But so I learned something interesting about abortion in the old days and I don't know, don't super quote me on this stuff because I, I really didn't, whatever. I was taking a nap and I heard a little bit of a podcast and, uh, and then I read part of an article. The fifth column podcast and the article is like imp- something about NPR, look up uh, midwives, doctors, abortion. But it looks like, so like American legal system is based on the British legal system. And like I didn't know this, but apparently like, especially back in the day, but even today, when they're trying to, you know, Supreme Court's trying to decide something, they will actually look back to English common law, stuff that happened before America became a country. And that can actually influence their decisions. So that's interesting. And they were mentioning, anyways, someone was mentioning, I think it was in the 1700s, um, that someone wrote some sort of law book that I think was very influential amongst the uh, people who wrote the Constitution. And that book said that abortion was legal or something. It wasn't always legal. I don't know what that book said. But apparently in America, before 1860... Abortions were legal up to the quickening. There's an 80s movie called the called Highlander, and then the sequel to it was called Highlander: The Quickening. So that's the only that's the only reason I ever know the term the quickening. I mean, I'm a man; I don't get pregnant. But anyways, the quickening is the first time that your baby you can feel your baby baby moving around, and it sounds like it's usually at four months, but it can it can be as early as 14 weeks. But so, before 1860, it sounds like abortion was legal until the quickening. So, you know, whatever. You had a few months to decide. I'm sure this is going to be a great, whatever, this is going to be too much of a simplification. But what, what I can tell is that in 1860, some doctor and other doctors, you know, a small group of doctors, they were tired of competing with midwives. You know, like midwives are kind of like a... Apparently, you know, a woman who helps with giving birth and apparently apparently other baby stuff, like abortion. And so in 1860, um, well, so in 1847, the American Medical Association was started. So before that, you know, what even was a doctor? You just, you know, you probably put a sign on your, on your uh, office saying, I'm a doctor, and that made you a doctor. But then in 1847, they started getting serious about it with an association, probably accreditation, etc., and then in 1860, they're like, you know what? If the midwives couldn't do the baby stuff, we would get we would get all that work. I mean, look, you know, look at, look how much money we could make if the midwives couldn't do it. And so it was mostly one doctor, but then I think other doctors got involved. I don't know, all of America got involved. And so some doctor uh, in 1860, he started asking all the states. He said he told all the states, a baby is a human from the day of conception on. And the states are like, oh, holy crap. And so then this, all across America, states outlawed abortion. Like, not every state, but lots of them. So I thought that was interesting. The 1860s were a hell of a decade. You had, like, Civil War, freeing the slaves, making abortion illegal. Probably a bunch of other stuff, too. So I was watching a video on YouTube, and I, I learned about something that I kind of wish I didn't know about. So there's a device, it's called a sofa clamp or a sofa forcep. 
it's a medical device used in abortions sometimes and you know like a forcep kind of it's you know it has like a scissoring action kind of like those things you use to um flip chicken on the barbecue not the ones that are shaped like a u but they're shaped like scissors N not that they have blades they just have the general x shape but so i like to go garage sailing and it's not like i'm passing up medical equipment all the time at garage sales like you never see it but uh Whatever, I learned a little bit about abortion medical, you know, stainless steel tools. Um, so I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that stuff in case I happen to see it, which I won't. Alright, and so, this is going to get gross. This is going to get, you know, whatever I've ever said that was gross, this is going to be way grosser. But if you want to watch it or something, anyway, I think, it, I think it was Paul Joseph Watson and something about Roe versus Wade came out a few days ago. I don't know, I think, I, whatever, I think this guy is anti-abortion rights, but in any case, he's talking about whatever, that part I don't care, but a couple of minutes in, um, he shows some video, it's, it's a video made by like a pro-life, anti-abortion rights, I don't know, group, and they show one way of doing late-term abortions, like basically you got... I mean, you know, you might have a whole baby, you might have a baby, or at least you got close to a baby, up in there how do you get it out and this video I'm watching it's like it's a cartoon it's a cartoon version I mean I couldn't even fucking imagine if it was the real version I'm sure those I'm sure those videos are online I do not like to watch people being killed you know so I wouldn't I would not I am not gonna go search for that video I know that but it's a cartoon version and so they got these forceps and they're kind of just like tongs for turning your chicken except they're a little more fancy looking and they're medical i looked them up i was like what if i wanted to buy them and it was like i think someone had one on ebay for 55 dollars plus i don't know 20 dollars shipping but if you want to buy them new they're like four to five hundred dollars they're not cheap i mean you know they're stainless steel they're nice but they're like tongs but then the grabbing part of the tongs is serrated kind of you know or spiked or yeah it's serrated more like for grabbing stuff you know good and I should say, like this, I, th I believe this is an insanely rare type of, abor of abortion, but it is a kind of abortion that does happen. You know, maybe maybe once a year in America these happen. I mean, I hope. But all right, just I'm gonna just describe this cartoon because even though it's gross, and anyways, you just you go up into the hoo ha, and you grab like I don't think you can't see it. I don't know. The, the cartoon's like, oh, you just grab the leg. But anyways. You grab whatever you can grab, and then you pull it out. And the way they're making it seem, it's like the head is the biggest thing, the torso is the second biggest thing, so that's not what you start with. So you grab an arm or a leg, whichever one you... I mean, it sounds like you're getting, like, fried chicken. But anyways, you grab an arm or a leg, and then you pull it out. I don't know if you give it a jerk. You probably give it a hard jerk to start with or something. And then you just keep doing that. You just keep nibbling away at the uh, fetus, a fetus that may be, you know, seven pounds or something. And you get the arms and the legs off of it. And then you nibble away at the torso. And then they're saying, I mean, it was super gross. The guy was saying, the biggest part, the hardest part to deal with is the skull. And so you don't pull that all at once out. What you do is you crush it. You crush it repeatedly until you see a white liquid come out of the vagina and then you start pulling on the skull 
And so, I don't know. Like, I'm pro-choice, but that's, you know, I mean, obviously. I think even even a pro-choice person would maybe go, uh, make you rethink a little bit. Make, make you re- rethink something. But, I mean, if you think about it, like, how do you do an abortion? How do you, how do, you do a late-term abortion? You've got a very large object up inside a woman's uterus. It doesn't just come out. I mean, I don't know. I guess they haven't invented the pill yet, which is you take a pill and it just bloop comes out. And maybe the thing I just described, maybe that's the old way of doing it. I'm not sure. They've got something that involves like a suction device. It's not exactly a vacuum. They got some, yeah, basically. It's like a medical vacuum. So somehow you can use a medical vacuum to do it, which... I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go look for videos or cartoons of medical vacuums doing it either. That sounds. I bet it's worse than you think. Not like vacuuming up a dust bunny. I guess the problem is, right? You've got. You've got a. You can imagine this with something else. Let's see. I mean, it's like. It's kind of like you know, like maybe a cantaloupe. Like trying to get a cantaloupe. From one side of a hole that's smaller than the cantaloupe to the other side of the hole that's smaller than the cantaloupe. And it's like that cantaloupe is not going to have a good time going through the hole that's smaller than it. You know, unless you're like giving birth and you have full dilation, it's going to be a smaller hole. And like I say, it's incredibly rare, although I don't know how rare. Um, and it's probably for like babies who have, you know, their skeleton on the outside or something that, whatever. As soon as, soon as the umbilical cord is cut, they're dead. So, you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And I understand that. But I was arguing with someone on Facebook, and I was saying, you know, if you, if, you, if you believe God exists, and that God puts a soul into the embryo or fetus, and that it's, you know, and, that, you know, and, then, and then you would, you know, you'd naturally he- take that and go ahead and say, oh, well, then it's murder to kill this fetus with a soul. Basically, I was just trying to describe one position uh, basically, the pro-life position, or at least, you know, the, the steel man, the pro-life position. And so then someone was coming back on me on Facebook, because people on Facebook are so stupid. It was, you know, anyways, it wasn't that I am pro-life, and I, this is what I believe. I was just describing what one might believe, which would, you know, make it pro-life. And so anyways, the person's like criticizing me. Oh, God this, God that, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you read the Bible, it would have said something or other. And I just love arguing, so I just, you know, I wanted to shut them down. So I like, I said, I'm pro-life. You know, you, as far as I'm concerned, you could abort for the full, the full nine months. But I'm just trying to describe what what uh, pro-life people think. Did I say pro-life? I'm pro-choice. You can do it for the whole nine months. Just trying to describe what the other side thinks. But anyways, I said it like that because I was like, I wanted to be like. I'm the most pro-choice person ever, so don't criticize me. But, um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure about these super late-term abortions. I mean, like I say, if you know, if the bones are on the outside of the baby, then whatever. You can do whatever the hell you want, because that's, you know, because that's too terrible of a situation. You can't go on. But like I've said, you know, the extreme example I've said before is like, you know, you find out your boyfriend's cheating on you, cheating on you at eight months... And now you want to kill it to get back at them. You know, now, now I'm getting a little uncomfortable. And so I had a thought, you know, I'm not a, whatever, I'm on the spectrum. Or at least I say I am. And so I like to just get logical with this stuff, not get all emotional. And so when I saw, like, how you have to, at least one way of doing an abortion is you pull 
you know, an eight and a half month old, I'm just going to call it a baby, apart limb by limb until you can get all the chunks out. Um, I think it would be more, I think that's not humane. I think because, you know, the baby can feel pain. The fetus, I should call it the fetus. But anyways, the fetus can feel pain like hell. I mean, you know, if, if, they, if they were a preemie, they'd be sitting in their little nurse ward at the hospital or whatever. And, you know, if you poked it or something, you give it a shot, I'm sure it's going to cry. But in any case, I had this crazy thought. I mean, I'm, you know, no one, I don't, I'm sure no one will agree with me. But it's almost more humane to give birth and do... You know, whatever, whatever is not painful, whatever is not ripping the thing apart limb by limb, you know, maybe uh, put a little mask on it of, you know, give it an injection. Whatever they do for uh, lethal injections when you're, you know, sentenced to die. And obviously that's not a perfect solution. Now the woman has to go through the whole birth process. But on the other hand, having the baby like ripped apart, you know, while you're laying on your back, whatever anyways that doesn't sound perfect either so i don't know i think there should be some sort of there should be some sort of discussion on what is the most humane way to kill a late-term fetus and i think you know you, you can't talk about it if you're pro-choice you can't talk about the most humane way to kill a late-term fetus because then it's starting to open up a chink in your armor Twitter handle at Anti Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.